All right, so let's go ahead and get this done so we can get y'all up out of here because I'm way behind. Let's just read. How about we just read tonight, okay? How many know you don't go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow with diabetes? You do realize that, right? Whatever. Uh, let's use a bigger example. How many know you don't go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow morning and you're 50 pounds, light, 50 pounds heavier? How many know to wait? Go ahead and lift your hands. It's okay to be You do not gain 50 pounds overnight. Okay? The point that I'm making is, is that if you don't treat your body right, if you don't treat your body right, over time it'll produce physical problems. If you don't treat your mind right, over time it'll produce mental problems. If you don't speed your, feed your spirit right, over time it'll produce spiritual problems. Now what's going on is, how, much, how messed up is it when you're not doing it spiritually correctly, mentally correctly, or physically correctly? Okay, and then you add the other element, which is the demonic, come to then convince you. How many of you have ever had that feeling? You, you move them, but you feel like you're standing still. And, it, and you could be doing well. It won't even matter if you're doing well. Let me tell you something. Discouragement comes whether you're doing bad or good. It just comes. Particularly if you're doing good and discouragement comes, that's a spirit. Luke 8, 35. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons, he was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. Why? Because he was insane before. And they were all afraid. Unfortunately, you're going to see some very scary stuff here in the future. Because men refuse to accept what they cannot see. Lester Summerall, one of the most foremost ministers in deliverance, operated a deliverance ministry casting out demons, particularly overseas, for 60 years. And he said, out of all of the mental institutions that he had been to and all of the people he had freed from demons, he said, I have come to the conclusion, he said, that the majority of the people that we call insane went insane because they would not repent of sin. Scripture's all in the Bible to talk about how sin will drive you crazy. Okay? So, the highway to suicide is actually a street called depression. And so I just want to give you um, some scriptures along that line. I'll explain to you the three things that uh, cause depression. First one is no relationship with Christ. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. So Satan blinds the minds of those that believe. Uh, there are tons of scriptures to talk about how a carnal man can't even see the kingdom of God. So if you can't see correctly when it comes to the most important thing, you will not be able to see correctly when it comes to the least important things. Okay? And so, um, so that's the first one, no relationship with Christ. Second one, because that's, that's a no-brainer. Second one is... Um, the feeling that comes when you don't see things the way God sees them. That's what, actually, that's the, that's the main two definitions of depression. The first one is you don't see your situation the way God sees it. How many of you have been depressed over a situation and then maybe in two weeks that situation turned around? Well, guess what? God knew it was going to turn around in two weeks. That's why he said, count it all joy when you fall into these things. Why would you call it all joy? He said, because I see what the turnaround is. 
And that's why I ain't thinking about your little tears right now. Because he said, I'm seeing what I'm getting ready to do in two weeks. I'm asking you to at least believe the word. See what I'm saying? So a lot of depression comes from, regardless if you made a mistake, regardless if the bill had been paid, it simply comes because you are not looking at things the way the Lord looks at them. And you can't, you don't have the ability to look that way because you're not even obeying what he told you to do in order to see that way. Oh, Lord, let's just talk about the mistakes. Second Peter 1, 5 through 9. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Each one of these that I name, if you don't do it, you open yourself up to depression, which leads you down the road to suicide. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, number one. With moral excellence, knowledge. Knowledge, self-control. Self-control, patient endurance. We don't like that one. Patience, endurance with godliness or godlikeness. Godlikeness is not just living holy. Godlikeness is walking around like you own everything. And godliness, brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short sighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Okay, so when you don't practice these things, it causes you to walk in blindness. So surely, when you st if you're blind, you can't see your situation correctly. You can't see your way out. I'm never, someone never, I mean, I'll just, you know, I call it, what's that statue of the God system? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You sit on the edge of the bed, and you're just meditating on the promises of failure. And you're just thinking about going down to the ground. And I just wish Prince Charming or... Never mind. Let me just keep on going. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. He just told you how to get out of it. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you if you practice those things. That's why all of you should have a vision board. And let me tell you something. You should have a vision board and you should have a testimony board. Every time God brings you out, every time God does something, you need to write this thing down and the date so that the next time you get in a situation, you look at the last 90 things that he did and you get and you get and watch this. And then how you practice it. Father, I want to thank you that on this date you did this and on this date you did this and regardless of how you feel and on this date you did this and on this date you did this and by the time you get halfway through that thing, you done forgot about your problem or you get a knock at the door. Excuse me, I just come to answer the thing that had not been done because you were thanking him for the things that had been done. That's how you do that. That's how you practice it. How many of you, that's easier said than done? How you get up? I'm getting ready to read the word. I'm going to break this negative attitude off of me. You're just sitting there looking at the scripture. Mm, this looks like the Quran. I don't know what this is saying. It's... I mean, there have been, y'all, there have been a few times in my life I got ready to read the Bible, and this is what I did. I can't even do it, Lord. I can't even do it. I just got to go to the movies or something, and Lord, don't take that personal. Sometimes it just doesn't connect all the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you, how many know, I mean, never mind. How many know, for you to eat salad a lot, okay, you, you eat the salad, but then sometimes you go to the restaurant and you get to look at that salad. Not today, not, not, not today, not today. Today, today we're going to do something 
They might put me in the hospital. This is, I might have to take some fiber later on for this and call in to work because I'm going to get it done. It feels good when it's going down. But on the other, oh, I couldn't even believe I'm getting ready to say it. Okay, so it's how you view things. Here's the third one. And the third one manipulates the first two. Familiar spirits. Leviticus 19.31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither... Okay. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, King James Version. There should not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. What we call abortion. This is what they were doing back then. They were killing their children by making them walk through the fire. The principle is the same, but the methods are different. Or that use divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. Familiar spirits is put in the same category. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord, thy God, does drive them out from before thee. Familiar spirits are simply spirits that are familiar with you. I give you a hint of this. Jesus told you this in Matthew 18.10. He said, beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father. There are some familiar spirits, even though the scripture does not call them, that it calls them angels. Angels, they are familiar with you. Every person that is born has at least one. Depending on your responsibilities in life, it can turn into an army um, because of what you are called to do. Um, the, 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 when you see a police officer stand in the middle of the road, I'm explaining you a little bit me. See a police officer stand in the middle of the road. Um, he puts his hand up, not because he has the ability to stop the truck, but because if you don't stop, supports will show up that will put the truck in check. Okay, so it's not so much that when you use the name of Jesus that you yourself can overcome a demon. It's that when you use that, they respond to you because they don't want to deal with the backups that come from heaven. See what I'm saying? So you have to remember that when it comes to that. And so, so every person has an angel. That's what I meant by sometimes you have an army. See, when it's just me, okay, one angel. When it becomes this, I have to have an army. Okay, and then you have to have armies because hordes are attacking you 24 hours, seven days a week. It gets deep. Okay, and so, um, um, what was I getting ready to say? Um, oh, so every person has an angel. When well, the same way, um, Satan imitates and he assigns every one of you what we call a familiar spirit. They watch you. And it's not, you pulling down the shades and they don't do nothing, y'all. And, and, you know, fresh vegetables and garlics like it's Dracula. That's, please, they laugh at that type of stuff. Okay, it's another dimension. The same way you see a, a signpost on the freeway and then you do this a little bit and it shows a different picture. The spiritual realm is another dimension. When the Lord opens up your eyes, he shifts your mind and you see the other dimension that's right in front of you. Okay? And so, so they are familiar with you. They are more familiar with you than you are of yourself. They know exactly how to push your buttons. They know exactly what to do to you. They know exactly who to send across your path. They know exactly what type of man you like, what type of woman you like. They know exactly what sends you into a rage. They study your habits and your patterns so that they can manipulate that. They know exactly what you need to hear and what you need to experience in order for you to go down the road of depression. They're called familiar spirits. Okay? And let me give you a couple of examples of that, how they are always around. Because most of, no, yeah, I got time. 
Zechariah 3, 1 through 2. Okay, three more scriptures. It says, Then the angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Joshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you because this man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Okay, so that's your first hint there that even when the Holy Ghost is talking to you, there can be an enemy present trying to counteract what they're trying to lead you into. An angel can be leading you into something. I told you last week, remember that story of Philip, okay? Holy Ghost speaks to you, an angel speaks to you. The angel told Philip, go in this direction. When he obeyed the voice of the angel, when he got to that point, it said the Holy Ghost said, angels work in cahoots. That's an old word. Cahoots with the Holy Ghost, okay? And so, and so here, notice what he said. Notice what this creature and this being was doing, accusation. Accusation. And that's usually what depression does. It's usually a, a, a synopsis of your failures and your mistakes. And if you only had a never done this, if you had another never bought that, you wouldn't be in this situation. If you had a never met him or her or done this or gone there, if you never had to quit that job, you thought you were supposed to leave a job and start a business. Now look at you, you idiot. I mean, that's what he does. He accuses you. And the Bible says in Revelation that they accuse you before God day and night. Now, I want you to think about that. The scripture says that Satan and his team accuse all of us before God day and night. Now, if they're that arrogant to be up in God's face every single day complaining about you, you don't think they're in your ear every single day telling you about you? You understand what I'm saying? So unfortunately, the world and their Bible says a carnal man can't even see the kingdom. They don't understand this. Oh, no. So when you do bring up spiritual beings, then they say, oh, that proves that you're crazy. No, the fact that you don't believe it proves you crazy. Job 1, 6 through 11. One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser Satan came with him. Where have you come from? This is a deep thing about how the scripture shows you how Satan still has access to heaven. Even in Revelation, it said that. I can't get time to explain that right now. I've done it before, but I'm not telling it tonight. What? Because in Revelation, it says that Satan is going to gather the army and run back up against God one more time and try to bring him down. That's a relentless dude. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came with him. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord. I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything. And that's what's going on. And the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear you. You have always put a wall of protection around him, his home and his property. That lets you know about force fields in the spirit. You have a force around you. You have a force around your home. You have a force around your property. That's a separate teaching too, called force fields. Okay. Um, you put this wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper. In everything he does. Look how rich he is. <laughs> but reach out and take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Now, what's very interesting that all I'm bringing up here is familiar spirit. Notice that when God brought up Job, Satan already knew who he was and what he was about. 
God didn't have to, you know, I got a man in the planet that lives on such and such, such street over on the east side of Africa, you know, and if you go check him out, you might find a few things. No, when he brought up the man's name, so they say, oh, yeah, I know exactly. He said, but this is the reason why. He said, we've been trying to get to the man, but you got this force field around him. Of course he's serving you, which means Satan had been analyzing him. Same way they analyze you. He walketh about as a ruined lion, looking for whom he may devour, which means there's some whom's that he can't. I feel a Leroy Thompson spirit coming up on me right now, man. See, but this is, this is the, what, they, what they call us crazy. This is the reality of what you live in every day. And the voices that are running through your head, running through your head, running through your head. Any negative voice in any area that runs through your head did not come from the kingdom. Here's the difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is the Holy Spirit says in order for you to move forward, stop doing this. Condemnation says because you did this, you can't move forward. Both speaking, which one you going to listen to? Last one, Luke 4, 1 through 14. See, these are the type of teachings that cause people, when they don't hear this, they don't know that what they're feeling is coming from another source. Scripture calls the spirit, calls it the spirit of heaviness. It is a spirit that when he lights up on you, comes upon you, you feel like you weigh 50 to 100 pounds heavier and don't even know it's something else. That's why, that's why depression is usually um, uh, demonstrated by people slumping over like this. Because this is exactly what you would do if somebody put a 100-pound weight on your back. Okay? Y'all seen that pharmaceutical commercial of the lady that's depressed. I think it's called Zoloft. Doesn't matter what it's called. I don't know why I do that type of stuff. And she's walk, she gets up out of bed. And when she gets up out of bed, she has a blanket with eyes on her back. If you've ever seen the commercial, it is a powerful demonstration of Scripture. And she's walking around like this, and the blanket is just on her back. And if she does this, she shrugs off the depression, and the blanket lights off, and he just stands there for a second. And then he comes, and he lights back on her again, and she And they said, if you're experiencing depression, we have a medication that can get rid of the blanket. And the side effect is more depression. <laughs> it's not a joke, folk. Commercials for, for mind problems. And remember the one we said, you know, the side effect is psychotic dreams. Stop. My dreams are already crazy enough. I don't need no psychotic added to it. Okay. And to be totally all dreams come from God, even the ones that you think are nightmares. You call it a nightmare because you don't understand that God is not religious like you. What you call a nightmare is the Lord showing you a situation from the spiritual realm's point of view. Okay, so sometimes when people take that medication, the reason why I have, they start having psychotic dreams is the Lord showing them this is what's happening to your mind. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. A side effect from a medication is the medication saying that pill does not belong here. Okay. That's all it is. I know I'm scaring some of y'all and everything. Hey, knowledge is power for real. Luke 4, 1 through 14. Let's try this again. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan the river. He was led by the spirit in the wilderness after he was full of the Holy Ghost. It's sometimes when you get full that the Lord sends you into a situation because now you can handle the situation because you're full. But there are some situations he'll never send you into because you never were full, which is really then cause of depression because you never get a chance to pass tests to see how strong you are. <laughs> I can do this all day. I'm just playing tonight. This is just a brushstroke. 
I'm just trying to get a little bit of, I'm just going off the beaten path for a second to address all of the radio land. People crack me up. We need you to address it. I'm like, oh, Lord. And I was like, nope. And the Lord gave that woman a dream. I was like, oh, here it goes again. So he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. So the temptations we're going to read are the three at the end of the 40. But the Bible says the devil hit Jesus every day for 40 days straight. So we don't even know what he got hit for 40 days. We just know what he got hit with on the last day. Every day. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Mind you, I got to slow it down. Notice that Jesus is being attacked when he's seeking the Lord. He's being attacked after he's full of the Holy Ghost. He's wait a minute. After the man is full of the Holy Ghost. Now he goes in a fast and is praying for 40 days. And that's when Satan attacks him. How many of you start our praying in tongues and your mind take you all the way from Mars to a Bugs Bunny commercial, flying a rocket ship, thinking about the man that did you wrong 30 years ago. You scarred that. I mean, yeah, Satan has access to the mind realm, not the spirit realm, it's mind. And so they, they, your mind goes all over this place. And see, let me say this too. When you pray in English, your mind has to engage. So your mind is used to engaging, even though it comes really fast, it's used to engaging. When I'm talking, my mind has to think about it, but it's so fast, I, you know, I don't really feel it. When you pray in tongues, your mind doesn't have anything to do. So it's like, I mean, this is literally what's going on. You know, your mind is like, okay, well, you know, they aren't using us right now. So I guess we just might as well think about some of the stuff that's in our mental Rolodex right now. And oh yeah, I have a taste of some barbecue. And, and, and I didn't call my auntie back three years ago. This would be a good time right now. And I told you, I was praying one time. I was praying in tongues, and, and, and it was a song in my head. And, and I stopped praying in tongues and started singing The Freaks Come Out at Night. And was really singing the song on my knees with my hands lifted. You ever done something and something was coming out of your mouth and like, is this the radio? No, this is you, fool. I wasn't in the spirit yet. Stuff is for real. That one got me, though. I was like, okay. You know, every once in a while, you got to tell Satan, okay. <laughs> you got me on that one. He got me. I could not both. How do you go from praying in tongues to singing the freaks come out at night? Whatever, dude. I never forgot. I haven't told that story in a long time. Okay. And Lord, don't get moved by that. He's like, it's funny to him. Okay. So what? Listen to what the devil said. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Strategy. Satan tempted him with food at the end of the 40 days, knowing he would be the most hungry. The devil said, if you're son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Satan is very strategic. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. <laughs> okay, I got it. Notice what he said. I can give you this because I can give it to whoever I please. When did that happen? When Adam messed up? It was called the law of exchange. Okay? Whose work? See, I'm trying to end, and the Holy Spirit is like, no. Whatever you agree with, you receive what they have. Okay? So, Adam, God tells Adam, don't touch the tree. 
Not what he said, but that's what he told his wife. <laughs> and so Satan says, oh, you can eat the tree. So Adam is stuck. Adam and Eve is stuck. Who do we agree with? Well, when he agrees with Satan, the law of exchange goes into place. So he received everything Satan had. The only thing Satan had was spiritual death, disconnected from God. But Satan received everything that Adam had, which was full control of the planet. And so that's why 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says Satan is the lowercase g, God of this world. And so, and so that's why he came to Jesus. And that was the most important time in Jesus' ministry because he was trying to get Jesus to do the same thing. Agree with me. Just worship. See the exchange? Y'all, you see y'all follow that. That's deep, ain't it? That's deep, ain't it? Y'all got it. It's the law of exchange. See, he was trying to get Jesus to do the same thing. And because in, in the Greek it says, in the Greek it says, just worship me one time. Because he knew that's all it would take. The same way, that's the reason why the Bible calls Jesus the second and the last Adam. It does not call Adam the first Jesus. It calls Jesus the second Adam. Because Jesus and Adam were actually the same type of guy. All right, y'all put, I don't, I'm, okay. So, I don't know, I don't know, I know. I'm just, I'm trying to keep it shallow tonight, but y'all keep pulling me in. Okay, so it's a law of exchange. So when he comes to Satan, I mean, Satan comes to Jesus, and he said, you know, okay, I couldn't get him with the bread. Now, we don't know what he was trying to get him with for the 40 days. Can you imagine going through that level? The last three are crazy. Okay, but it's three for a reason. And so he hits him with the first one. He didn't bite with that. All right, let's hit him with, let's just, let's throw this one in here. Let's try to get him to worship me just one time. That's a really strange request. Why would you make that type of request? Because you knew if you fall for it, it's over and nothing can change. We are doomed forever. And now Jesus has the nature of Satan. That was the most critical point in Jesus' ministry right there. If he had done that, nothing. It would never be changed. It could never be changed. And God would have probably just, I mean, not probably, he would have to send the entire human race to hell, including his firstborn son. It's called the law of exchange. I've taught that before, but y'all go on the website. All this stuff is on there. Hey. I know. She said, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. I need to start erasing stuff. Okay. 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 Let's finish this. The devil said, if you're the son of God, tell this. Well, we already read that. The devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I'll give it all to you if you worship me. Well, he could give it to Jesus because Adam gave it to him. Jesus replied, the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, jump. For the scripture says, see, this is how the devil will use the word on you. For the scripture say, he will order his angels to protect you and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test. In other words, don't take it out of context. Let's listen to what the other scriptures say. The scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God. And when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. So like the lady came to me one time, I want to get to the level where the devil, devil no longer attack you. Yes, that will be called a casket and, and a funeral home. <laughs> Never stops. And the higher you go up, the more intense it becomes. As the Lord told Rick Jarner, based on a mountain, he said, the higher you go up, the easier it is to kill the enemy. But the higher you go up, the easier it is to slip and fall. 
So if you go up, if you're not going up while at the same time you're going down in humility, he said you will fall from that mountain. These are the type of men that I study under. I don't study these. No, I ain't all that much. No. I need to make it to the end. That's why I'm on somebody. Never mind. Okay, so. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came where Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power and reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole land. Okay, so the point that I want to make here, and this is where we'll end, go home, maybe get something to eat because we did a 24 hour fast thing. So some of y'all ready to eat. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Got to be on the prayer call, folks. Okay, so here's the point. When I was a kid in a Baptist church, the pastor used to preach the same message every Sunday. And so as a kid, I had uh, been given a uh, pictorial Bible, had pictures in it. And for some reason, when it came to Luke chapter four, it had a picture of Satan um, with a pitchfork <laughs> standing there in the wilderness while Jesus is praying. So as a kid, I used to think that, that, that when Jesus was praying, that Satan had really appeared unto him. And he had a conversation with him. Okay, but you know, Let's go back over what we read. Um, so if this happened literally, it means that Jesus is in the wilderness praying. Satan appears and 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 then after 40 days of temptation, <laughs> that's a lot of talking, by the way, 40 days of temptation all day long. He then says, you know what? Let's go climb this mountain together. Because it said that he climbed a great mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world at a moment of time. So it means that if it happened for real like that, it says that it means that Jesus had to stop praying, get up, walk out the wilderness. They had to climb this huge mountain, which would have taken all day long. Then when they got to the top, Satan and his mystical power had the ability to show Jesus all the kingdoms in the world in one second. Then if it happened like we think, it means that they climbed back down the mountain together, which was taken all day. Then they would have to walk all the way into Jerusalem and then they would have to, in secret, climb on top of the huge temple. And then Satan says, OK, now that we're up here, Jesus, um, go ahead and jump. Because after all, the scripture says, if you jump, an angel come and save you. Now, that makes no common sense because Jesus told us to not even listen. To, can you see Jesus stop? He stops praying to his heavenly father and he following Satan around for three, four days. No. OK. I will never, I'll never forget this as long as I live when the Holy Spirit, this was in a season when I was praying eight to 10 hours a day in tongues. You get over into levels like that, the Lord will open up scriptures. And, and the Holy Spirit, in a glimpse, I said, he'll keep showing a glimpse. He showed me, it didn't happen the way you think. He said it happened in Jesus' mind. Because your mind can take you anyplace. You can close your eyes, you can, close your eyes, you can imagine yourself right now flying on top of an airplane with no seatbelt on. You can imagine yourself being on a roller coaster. Some of the ladies, y'all can imagine yourself being married to your favorite man on the television show and, and rescuing you with, never mind. How many know your mind can take you anywhere? How many know your mind takes you places that you don't want to be? Right. On a regular, okay? And so, 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 and that's how depression works, is that you're sitting there minding your own business. And think about it, your mind travels. You see yourself as a failure. You see the business failing. You see the marriage failing. Watch this. You see your kid getting in an accident and losing their life. Okay? See, and so that's how they work because they know that your mind will take you any place. 
You can imagine, you know, as kids we do this. You know, you see kids playing with these cars and, and doing karate. They really think they're fighting Bruce Lee. See these girls using baby dolls, and, and man, these girls are really in a beauty pageant. I understand that they're three, but they are really in that beauty pageant because their mind has taken them that place. And so that Satan has access to your mind. So Jesus is in the wilderness, and so Satan is standing next to him but whispering in his ear. And when, and when Satan whispers, your mind takes on a nature of its own and begins to create the storyline for the word that you heard. All we got to do is minister, all we got to do is watch this. Failure. And you instantly think about your business failing. There was that movie that we went to see. Was it called, the, not The Shining, that's Jack Nicholas. Um, what is it, Matthew Mahoney? I can never pronounce his name. He had a movie here recently. The Dark Tower. You need to watch that movie. It's called The Dark Tower. It's a good movie. It was probably on the man or something. Just look it up. Google it, whatever you got to do. The whole movie is about this boy who had an anointing called The Shining that could destroy the darkness. And this guy who represented Lucifer, he was looking for this new anointed one that could destroy everybody. There was a scene in the movie where this little girl was talking to her mother and this guy, he walks past the girl and he says, hatred, and keeps walking. And the girl instantly turns on her mother. Wow. It was deep. I was like, that's Satan right there, that's Satan. Okay, but this is how this works, is that people just refuse, churches, pastors, everybody refuses to believe what the scripture makes clear. I just threw a couple in there just to have a good time. It is clear that we live in another dimension. But see, we don't understand discipline. We don't know what it means by when we, the scripture says spirits don't sleep or slumber. They don't take vacations. They don't get tired. Okay? You can't even kill a demon. You can only torment them. We don't understand a realm where the energy is always on 100%. And while you sleep, they're on the other side of the planet working on their other assignment. And then they come back when you wake up. We don't understand that type of relentless assignment where their only reward is to destroy you. You understand that? Because we live in a disengagement. I was telling them, you know, people, let me say this. Uh, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to pray with people. If you're in the business, y'all, I was, uh, I've been sharing a lot of business people. It's 835. Can I just can I take a couple minutes more? Unfortunately, the reason why there are so many Christians that fail in business is because of church culture. There's a difference between church culture and kingdom culture. Church culture always gives you a reason why you can't do something. You're preaching too long. The worship leader singing too long. The musicians sound like y'all playing stuff in the world. It, it, it's a culture that teaches you to disengage. It's a culture that teaches you to question yourself. It's a culture that makes it seem like, well, I understand that God gave you a dream, but it's probably a demon. I understand that God gave you a prophetic word, but I don't want to hear it because it's probably off. You understand what I'm going? Church culture, and most of us, all of us, come from church culture. But kingdom culture is very violent. It's very violent and it's very fast. That's when Jesus taught the kingdom. He said it works like the woman and the unjust judge. He told her no, and she wore his behind down violently until she forced him to say yes. And then he turned around and said, now, if the unjust judge did that for her, how much more should my heavenly father do it for you? He said the difference is, he said my father would do it what? Quickly. But when he shows up, will he find you at the same speed? Remember the other one? He said uh, kingdom of God is like the man received relatives late in at night. And he said, uh, 
He knocked on his head. Hey, dude, I know it's midnight, but my relatives came in tonight. They didn't even tell me. They never happened to you. Okay? They didn't tell me. And, and G, listen to what Jesus said. He said, the man said, hey, man, I'm in bed with my kids. I can't get up and give you anything. And then what Jesus said, even though the guy won't get up and give him food because he is his friend, but because of the guy's violence, boom, boom, get up, get up, get up. And says, oh, Lord, this man ain't going to never stop knocking. He said, that's how the kingdom is. Then right after that, he said, seek this way and you will find. Knock this way and it will be opened. The violent take it by force, not the passive. So most of us are nowhere near where we're supposed to be because the church has taught you to be scared, lazy, broken down, and second guess everything. If you make a mistake, God has left you. I've been done with that. That's why I've been, that's why Lord, what, trust me, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I've been in beast mode lately with something else, okay? But, but that's why the Lord wouldn't let me do the church that way. He said, because you, you'll kill somebody. That's actually my true mode. My wife will tell you that's my true mode. I learned that when I went to Young Cho's church. That's my true mode. It's called beast mode. So the kingdom of God is very violent. But see, well, some of you have got a lot of business people, a lot of people that are going to be millionaires in here. But, but in the church culture, it teaches you, don't just jump out there and swing the sword. Take one step and pray and look both ways to see if it's a car two miles down the street that might come across your path by the time you take the next step. With God, do you have peace? Jump out there. And if you make a false move, I'll warn you. And I'm going to bring uh, Jonathan. You don't have to stand, Jonathan. All of you know who Jonathan is. If the first time visit, Jonathan is the cool looking Korean man in the back. I have to use you as an example, Jonathan, because the Lord told me that Jonathan was a sign. Amen. Because Jonathan went from being an atheist to pretty much almost joining this church. Amen. And he said the reason why Jonathan was moving so fast in his business is because he didn't have church culture in him. Okay. The Holy Ghost told me that. Okay. He don't have church culture in him. He went from being an atheist to pretty much coming to, he was at another church for a minute, and then he came here. And because he doesn't have that church culture in him. And so, and it's amazing, he jumped out there relentlessly in business. And then one time the Lord gave him a dream and said, the three businessmen you hooked up with, leave them alone. Came to Jonathan a dream showing the businessmen the three spiders. Jonathan let him go, and within two hours he got a call from a stranger that gave him an even better deal. See, but the church teaches you, we need to fast and pray before we go into real estate. We need to seek the Lord while he might be found. And, and we down here praying, they up there praying. Oh, please let them do it. Please just go. On. I'm not saying you don't pray about stuff, but y'all, in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is violent. The kingdom of God moves with speed. The kingdom of God does not take no for an answer. But we have been taught in church culture to just take these little itty bitty steps. Jesus was relentless. relentless. His first day of his ministry, it says he walked in the temple he picked up the scriptures and read from the book of Isaiah and it talked about who the son of God was. It was a prophecy about Jesus and says that he read it and that he set it down and he said, by the way, it's talking about me. Right. <laughs> Go back and read it. He said, it's talking about me. And it says every man in the temple got up, took him to the edge of the cliff and tried to throw him over. That was his first day of ministry. His first day. Relentless. He had to wait because he would see what. I was trying to end early to get something to eat, but that's all right. Lord ain't thinking about my tummy right now. I mean, you got to submit everything to the will of God. With ministry, you wait. With business, you fly. 
because ministry is God's business. Yeah. Business is your business. Yeah. Now, if you go down the wrong path, God will tell you, no, I don't want you to do that. You'll have peace, just like I almost started a church. But with ministry, you have to wait on the Lord. You know why? Because, remember what Jesus said? I must be about who? My father's business. Church is God's business. And he wants it to move a particular way. He needs to make sure that my mind is right before we add all of these numbers to you so that you don't lose your doggone mind. But if you start a real estate business, I don't need a house. You know what I'm saying? All the silver and gold of mine. Remember what he told what, David of Solomon? He said, you can't build me no temple for me to fit in. Right, right. See, so, so God doesn't need a business. He, he doesn't need real estate. He doesn't need network marketing. He doesn't need all these wonderful ideas that you can create. He doesn't need none of that. That's for you. Now, if you go in that direction, if he doesn't want you to do it, he'll say, stop. Okay. But you got to move because, you know, because a lot of you, for the first time in your life, because I'm called to teach people about ministry and business, for under the air conditioning cut off because we had a time at 8.30, let's go. <laughs> I just realized. So, because, so this is the first time in your life where you're being empowered. Yeah. See? So we got people in real estate, network marketing, stock market. Told you I lost $20,000 sitting in front of the computer praying in tongues. Ain't read no book. Church culture. Don't have a disciplined mind. <laughs> have a religious spirit and lost everything. Church culture. So unfortunately, we have a lot of church culture and we have a lot of men even that are teaching the kingdom. But what they're saying the kingdom is, God does not agree with them. Because the kingdom will break you. The kingdom makes you feel like an idiot and a fool. No matter how successful you are, the kingdom will show you you have not even started. The kingdom will make you lose your mind and submit. It will break you because you operating at the God status. Okay. So my final point is don't let the devil speak to you. So if the devil did Jesus this way, and he did Joel this way, Joshua this way, plenty of other scriptures. I just don't have time. He's doing you that way. And one of the reasons is because the scripture says, you're under a better covenant than they were. Job didn't have the type of covenant you have. He had a lesser covenant. And yet Satan knew everything about him. Remember what God said? He said, John the Baptist is the greatest prophet that has ever lived. He said, but the person that is the least in the kingdom is greater than him. Think about that. Right now, every single person in here, regardless of where you are on the spiritual meter, you are considered greater than anybody that lived in the Old Testament. So if Satan attacked them that way in the Old Testament, you don't think they're coming after you? They don't come after you because of what church you go to. They don't come after you because of what race you are. They don't come after you because you male or female. They don't come after you whether you got a degree or not, whether you got a GED or more degrees than a thermometer. They don't come after you based on whether you east side, west side, got plenty of money, or you homeless. They come after you because you're made in the image of Christ. And that by nature is a threat because the Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. So we got to Water down the salt so that it has left in the they are just being you being in a place will affect the place just being there. Let's go ahead and stand. I need to stop. Thank you, Jesus. So that's why Satan stays after me. You start teaching this type of stuff to the planet. It's over. 
way over. Crazy thing is, I'm so used to Satan attacking me, I don't even know he's there half the time. You know? And you ever, ever dealt with a pain that was so long you just forgot it was there? Yeah, that's how it is. It's like, I'm kind of like Smith Woods where I wake up middle of the night, oh, it's you, Lucifer, I'm going back to bed. He ain't never stopped me. And if, you, if he could have killed you, you already be dead. So that's the thing you got to remember. So, all right, held y'all long enough. And you know, in the United States, we don't believe in having no church services without the air conditioning. I want to mess up no hairdos. Let's all lift our hands. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We bless and honor you. Thank you, O Lord God, for the power of the Holy Ghost to reveal unto us how the enemy deceives us, how he plants thoughts in our minds, the same way that he stood next to Jesus Christ as a familiar spirit. Someone who was familiar with Jesus began to attack him, attack him based on his strengths and perceived possible weaknesses. So I thank you, O oh Lord God. It matters not what they have the ability to see. It matters not how long they have studied us and how long they have watched us. It matters not how many traps that they set for us. As long as we obey the word, as long as we pray, spend time in the word, live holy and clean. When we mess up, ask you for forgiveness. As long, O oh Father God, as we worship you and praise you, as long as we get back up and dust ourselves off and try again, you told the disciples to forgive a man 70 times 70. If you ask a man to do that, how much more will you do it for us? So I thank you, Lord God, for revealing unto us that our mistakes and our mishaps and our shortcomings are built into the equation of life. Many a times, it's when we make a mistake and repent that we are more trustworthy because now we know more about us than we knew before. So I thank you, O Lord God, that we will not fall prey to the invisible enemies that are around us, that seek, O oh Lord God, to tell us the total opposite of what you have told us. You said that we are forgiven. You said that we are redeemed. You said, O oh Lord God, that we are more than conquerors and mighty warriors. You called us gods upon this earth, priests, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And so I thank you, O oh Lord God, that what you said about us is the only thing that is true. It is not true whether we are right or wrong. It is not true whether we made a mistake or not. It is true because you said it is true. So we thank you, O oh Lord God, that this will be our manifestation. All of the labels that you have placed upon us, it will be our manifestation in these last days. So I thank you, O oh Lord God, that in spite of what has happened to your precious people, thank you, O oh Lord God, being at this place near or far, I thank you that they will rise, they will only increase. We know it's been a long journey for some, but it's because we were in deep holes. But I thank you, Lord God, that there's an anointing on this church to prosper people in every single area of life. There is an anointing, O oh Lord God, on every household here to manifest heaven so that there'll be no difference. So we thank you for your word says that you have made us to be signs and wonders and signs and wonders is what we shall be. So we bless you. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for opening up, in our eyes, opening up our eyes to the deception that is around us. For the darkness is ever increasing, but we thank you that it will have no effect on the sons of light. So we thank you. Bless and honor you for this right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All in agreement with that said. Amen, amen. I want us to just pray for AJ. AJ, come up for a second. AJ is taking out step of faith. I teach people to follow God even if they have to leave me. And so uh, we're going to pray.